Welcome to episode 17 of the Whatnots Review Show. This is a show where every week we're going to pick a story to talk about. It could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, scripted audio show, all kinds of entertainment. So much more. Yes. We are going to watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we discuss it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Kyle, how are you this morning? What up, what up? I'm good. I I had a w- weird slash m- or weird morning slash weekend. Oh, uh, but it was good. I've I've besides reading All Star Superman, which is what we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only been playing Fallout Four, <laughs> and I like to the po- 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 point where I haven't slept much. Oh, so. <laughs> I, I finally got some sleep last night. I went to bed at, like, 1, and I couldn't fall asleep until, like, 3. And then I Oof. did the thing where I woke up, like, a few hours before my alarm and was wide awake. And then my alarm went off, and I turned it off, and I finally fell back asleep after my <laughs> alarm for, like, oh. half an hour. And that's when I woke up, like, all garagi and just oh. like oh, I don't want to get out. So, <laughs> that's me but I am finally awake right, good. right now so how are you I'm doing good I had a slightly late night last night too I went out to a live show for a local podcast network here in St. Louis there you go yeah they did uh scripted readings of a couple of their scripted shows they did fun live readings and they had like a little interview what and they the- had podcast it's called uh calamity cast is the network and they have an audio drama series called a beginner's guide to interplanetary destruction which is this i haven't heard of that one. yeah it's a big fun like sci-fi pastiche like the episode they read last night was like okay this is our pirate episode and they've had like this is our blade runner style episode just these group of friends just hurtling through a bunch of different multiverses interesting yeah and so it's like how it's it's an audio drama about how they destroy each of this is that <laughs> what it is what's the what's the elevator pitch if you had to tell me in one or two sentences it starts with this group of old friends getting together for a D game and after they leave the house after the game they are in a completely different world they are in a world where they meet a friend of theirs. In a world. <laughs> like, a friend of theirs has died, and they go out the door, and they're in this world, and oh, their no. friend is there alive, but he is alive as his Dungeons & Dragons character, not as himself. So they have, like, slipped into this alternate timeline, and it's just them hopping through a bunch of different timelines, trying to get back home and, like, keep everything from falling apart around them. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. It's fun. Good stuff. Yeah. It was a it was a neat little Who knows? show. Maybe down the road we'll do an episode on on that. Who knows? Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's good. It was good to get that's out good. and support local live podcast shows around here. Yes, yeah. If if we all lived in the same city, I'm sure we would have done something by that by oh, now. That'd be um, so fun. But I we're like scattered all all over <laughs> yeah. the universe, so <laughs> uh, that is that is very 
difficult for us to do. Yeah, we uh, we cannot do a live stage show right now, but we do live streaming shows like this one right now. We're here. It's it's this. We're doing Great it. Segway. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So if you didn't know, audience, this is a live show. You can watch us every Sunday at noon Eastern time. Uh, Central Time, 11 o'clock here in the Midwest on twitch.tv slash the whatnots, or you can go directly to our website, the whatnots.com slash live streams. Kyle has set up this amazing, like, their in browser yeah. Twitch platform. It's fantastic. Very impressive. Go look at it. Look at it with your eyes. You can join the discussion as it happens. You can come say or hello with to whatever us. Whatever other body pop pop you want to. <laughs> look at it with your elbow if you're so inclined. Yep. Come by, say hello to us. We would love to have you. And then we take this live stream <laughs> audio, we put it up on YouTube and as a podcast a week later. And if you are a Patreon supporter, you can get early access. We can give you more details about that at the end of the show. Yeah, let's jump into our topic for the week. You mentioned it. We are talking about All-Star Superman. This is written by Grant Morrison and illustrated by Frank Quitely. It's a 12-issue graphic novel, originally published, um, the issues were from 2005 to 2008. What were, yes. Which, I don't know what time I thought this was from, but I didn't guess then. This is such a strange story. It feels completely outside of time itself. It's 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 strange, because I, I just mentioned it's older, and we're kind of hinting that it's, it's not kind of what comics are now but uh yeah it's not that old it's only from like 2005 um but it's like i guess early 2000s in comics when they were like first discovering digital art and Mm. gradients and stuff like that there's like they all have this uh, this similar coloring style Mm. And it, it's just like, oh, yeah, they made this on a computer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, it, it, it kind of has this weird place in time where it's like, it's not that old, but it looks really old compared to like the, the art that, that is coming out now. Yeah. So, strange stuff. Yeah, I'm not as big of a comics reader as you are, so I imagine you would have that, like, okay, I know when art styles changed and evolved throughout time, so I can look at this and kind of gauge what year it was from, but I don't have those touchstones as well, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, this could be from any time. This could be from the future, as far as I know. (laughs) Like, this came from 2032. (laughs) This is what Superman's like in the future, and they just pitched it through a portal back to us. Exactly. (laughs) Well, uh, since since you mentioned you weren't or you you are not much of a comic book writer on your own, uh, I I know we both have seen the animated movie Mm -hmm. based off of this. But what did you think of this? I'm kind of fascinated to 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 know your thoughts (laughs) because this is uh, this is a comic book. (laughs) That's for sure. Boy, is it. Yeah, I don't know if they changed a lot and they really toned it down for that animated movie or if I really just don't remember it as well as I thought I did. Because, like, I remember this being kind of a, a strange story, but I'm reading this and I'm like, oh, this is this is multiple levels of weirdness. 
welcome to Grant Morrison's mind. Yeah, yeah, I think I get it now. <laughs> and this is like only the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this is palatable compared to some of his other stuff. <laughs> this is him toned down. This is the most basic entry level Grant Morrison. One of them, yeah. <laughs> so it's good. Uh, a long time ago, Paul and I uh, did an episode of the review show, which it was then called The Whatnots, um, on Grant Morrison's Animal Man. Uh, he 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 took up that book in the late '80s, and when I was to say it was around '87, '88, um, and that book is also one of his like. This is Grant Morrison 101. <laughs> this was like his first like major DC Comics thing, uh, and it is a mind fuck. It <laughs> is like it it it's only I think 24 issues, uh, but it starts out it's like okay. Uh, I can tell he, you know, is a big, like, animal rights activist and stuff like that, you know. Uh, and then it just, it gets into, what the fuck are you smoking? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and so All-Star Superman kind of takes, it, it definitely goes to a lot of strange places. Um, but it is very much a love letter to the character Superman in a very philosophical, yeah. almost meta way. Mm-hmm. Um, so l- let me ask you this then. You, <laughs> you m- 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 mentioned you were like, I don't know if I just didn't remember it as much. <laughs> um, what, what were you expecting? I think the animated series, the animated um movie was structured a little bit more strongly and more cohesively to where it's like Superman has been poisoned by an overexposure to solar radiation. His death is imminent. These are his last couple days alive. And this is what he does with his last couple days. This is his final feats of strength, his final acts of heroism, his final moments with Lois, his final confrontations with Lex Luthor. And this was a lot more it jumped around a lot. It pulled in like stories from Superman's youth and these trips into like bizarro worlds. <laughs> it went all over the place. And it is a lot more like the pitch of the book is or like the thinking behind it is Superman is godlike. We're going to treat him a lot more literally godlike to where these are his last 12 feats, like capital F feats of strength, these rituals that he has to go through at the end of his life. And that's where, like, the title comes from. Like, it's not so much just, like, a Uh a flashy action-packed title. All-Star Superman. It's, like, star, solar. He's, like, a solar god. He's an astral deity. And it is a lot more bigger and weirder and more biblical and spiritual (laughs) than I expected. It's... Especially in, I want to say, the first issue or two, it just seems like, uh, like, almost like this classical literature adventure. Um, Because you you have, uh, 
we'll we'll get in, in into it mm-hmm. in, in a bit but they they have this whole thing where they're like fighting over a date with Lois yeah and it just it just it's the it's the most bombastic mm-hmm. like yes ridiculous like I wouldn't see this in any modern day book at all <laughs> this is like straight off the pages of like the Odyssey mm-hmm. or you know, something you know um, so there there is this like mythical quality. Yeah. To the book, um, which yeah, I I think for me, I I hadn't read this book. I I I too had had only seen the animated movie version. Um, I I I knew a lot of people really really love this book, and this this is like this is my all time favorite Superman story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it, Eric Mannix wanted to be here on oh. this. Episode, but he had to work because he's a huge Superman mm-hmm. fan and he loves this book. I feel his spirit um, with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and and so it like I it was just kind of in my mind of like oh this is a really good Superman story and um yeah like I I just I I don't think I thought much about it beyond that. Uh, I I, I mean I kind of know Grant. Morrison's writing style. I I know Frank Quietly's artwork style, um, and so like I, I I'm not a huge like his his artwork is a little difficult for me to get into. Uh, it's not my favorite, but it's still very good. Um, but it, I I started like I I opened it up and I was like. Oh God! This is from like the early <laughs> 2000s, like we mentioned. Like I, 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 I guess that means like I I knew Frank Quietly's pencils, uh, and I I don't remember who did the coloring, but like mm-hmm. I was not expecting that style of coloring. Um, oh yeah, so I was just like it. Did you have the, yeah, the name there? Yeah, I have the physical copy from my local library. Kids, visit yours. It says, digitally inked and colored by Jamie Grant. There you go. Uh, so, as you can see, having fun isn't hard when you've got <laughs> a library card. Yep. Uh, thank you, Arthur, for that rhyme. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, I, I just, I did, didn't expect it to be in that kind of style. Um, and so that kind of took me aback. A and then once I was reading it to like see all the places it went and just how bombastic it was and how out there and it, like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of surprised that so many pe- people like this book, not in a bad way, but it's, there's so many layers in yeah. this. You really have to dig in for it to actually kind of make sense. Because on the on like the outside, just like surface level, mm-hmm. it's this really like what is going on? Like, yeah, these are his. La- this is what he does. <laughs> Why is he do? What is this? E- Why does this even matter? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's not until you like. Okay, well let's let's look at what he's doing metaphorically. Let's mm-hmm. look at you know what this says about his character. What the, you know all of that stuff. That once you start unpacking mm-hmm. that, then it's like oh, okay, that this makes sense now. Um, 
and I, yeah, it, it just, it took me by surprise how Grant Morrison it was, <laughs> just how, how much you really had to unpack mm-hmm. in this, especially compared to the animated m- m- movie, which is a lot m- more just like, well, yeah, Superman is d- d- dying, uh, Here's kind of mm-hmm. the last things he does on his earth. He has to make sure that he Lo- Lo- Lois knows he loves her. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, and that's it. Yeah, so. this is such an atypical book. I've never read anything quite like this, but I think it might resonate with yeah. people for the characterization keep talking, of. By, 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 by the way, hmm. Keep keep talking. By the way. Okay. Okay. I think it might resonate with people based on the characterization of Clark Kent. And there's a... I looked it up on Wikipedia. I really did some research on this thing because it was so strange to me. And I found this... There you are. I'm back. And I found this quote on the Wikipedia page about this graphic novel about Grant Morrison's initial inspiration for writing this. And I just wanted to Mm -hmm. share this. This was in... This was at San Diego Comic-Con, which is this weekend, as we are recording this. And this is probably yes, sometime lots in... lots of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually, speaking of that little oh. housekeeping, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, Eric and I did a new episode of the Captain's Log, uh, and we talked about a couple things that w- w- was like the first big news stories to b- break out of Comic-Con. So by the time this goes up as a podcast, it will already be available to you all, or you guys can get it a little bit early if you support mm-hmm. us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the whatnots. Anyways, sorry <laughs> to interrupt. Continue. Yeah, it's okay. The, he, this is a story from San Diego Comic-Con in, I think, sometime in the late 80s. And Grant Morrison says he saw a Superman cosplayer that inspired this story. He was perched... Interesting. Yeah, he was perched with one knee drawn up, chin resting on his arms. He looked totally relaxed. And I suddenly realized this is how Superman would sit. He wouldn't puff out his chest or posture heroically. He would be totally chilled. If nothing can hurt you, you can afford to be cool. A man like Superman would never have to be tense against the cold, never have to flinch in the face of a blow. He would be completely laid back, untense. With this image of Superman relaxing on a cloud, looking out for all of us in our head... I rushed back to my hotel room and filled dozens of pages of my notebook with notes and drawings. I saw Superman chilling there, looking relaxed, so I went home and decided to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I mean, that's basically what what happened there. Yes, it's the ultimate challenge. Let's see how relaxed you are in the face of your own mortal yeah. peril. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we might. Um, sweet. Mm-hmm. So I think we're really going to dive into the meat of this story now. This big, crazy, like, meat tower. You know, you go to, like, one of those falafel places and they've got the big meat hunk, like, spinning on a wheel and they're hacking at it with a sword. That's what we're going to do now. So if you welcome to the meat tower, folks. <laughs> so if you if you are concerned about spoilers, you really just want to go experience this thing on your own first. You can take a break here, and then you can come back to us. And I wanted to make sure. I thought that quote was so interesting. I wanted to get it out there before our little spoiler break. Sweet. Sounds good. Yeah. 
sounds good to me. This, yeah, <laughs> this is a c- c- comic book, that's for sure. Um, so, I guess to start out, I like, I kind of wanted to clarify my thoughts on mm-hmm. this book. I, I, I like the idea of the story of like if Superman yeah. is actually dying at some point if he knows that he's going to die like what does he do in his last moments Mm -hmm. like that i that that idea that concept is fascinating like here's this guy that we thought you know i mean his name is literally superman you you know he he is the the super man (laughs) um it like who would have thought that he could die yes he's died in in the comics before before mm-hmm. but um but i mean he came back so <laughs> um but yes i mean so i i like i i like the idea that if if he gets like a fatal diagnosis just like hey you don't have much longer to live like Mm -hmm. what would you do in those last times um and i think that's fascinating however most of the stuff that's happening in this book i i just i i don't like it at (laughs) all i just i i it's it's most of it just seems so stupid and it's like such (laughs) a waste of time to me, I mean, again, it's one you have to unpack and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But just surface level, I'm like, this is, this is so weird. This is so <laughs> like, I just, I, this is way too over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what? As I sit here t- talking about a comic book, <laughs> what um, was the most unnecessary part for you? Uh. I I think the moment I realized exactly how bombastic this was going to be and just had like, okay, this is ridiculous, was when they were fighting over Lois. Mm, Yeah. Like, like he he gives her, uh, like, he he lets her know that he's Superman, Mm -hmm. which she doesn't really believe, um, which (laughs) is kind of cool because there's, so in, in... this book, Lois, who is an investigative journalist, when when he reveals his secret, she doesn't really believe it. Like, she's skeptical mm-hmm. and like, but I've tried to prove this my entire life and I couldn't. Like, wh- I, I, I've had no conclusive evidence. What about the t- times when you both were there? You know, like, <laughs> all of the, this stuff. And so she's skeptical, but she's mm-hmm. skeptical in a way where she's trying to find out all of the details. Yeah. Um, and then I think in Darwin Cook's uh, uh, DC New Frontier, uh, when Wally West uh, tells Iris that he's the Flash, she's she is also an investigative journalist, but she she's just like, oh, yeah, I... I I knew. And he's like, well, how come? How, why didn't you say anything? She goes, I, I'm i an investigative j- journalist. Like, how, did you think I wouldn't find out? Like, 
I, I knew this secret was important to you, which is why I didn't say. So it's it's just a neat, like, completely opposite <laughs> reaction. Like, no, wait, you're lying. Versus, like, oh, yeah, I, 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 I've known. <laughs> you know, no big deal. Um, But once she has the, the superpowers and she's kind of finding out what it's like to be him... Um, she starts g getting catcalled by superheroes. <laughs> Not just by superheroes, like, but by Samson and Atlas. Time-traveling superheroes. <laughs> um, biblical superheroes <laughs> and g g Greek mythology. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's like, I will arm wrestle you for a date with her. And you know, you know, it's just this is the. It, I was just like, this is so stupid. Like, this is how he's spending his last he, weeks on Earth. Really? Yeah, I think that would have been. You should be like, fuck off, you, you two. Go, <laughs> you know, go away. Read some books. Yeah, uh, that would have been super entertaining as a completely separate story. I think. Like, I would love to see another book, like a more comedic, lighthearted book where there are these huge superheroes that almost are on Superman's level and they're like, I want to date Lois. Yeah. And she's like, okay, if you can beat Superman in an arm wrestling match, then I'll go out to dinner with you. That she's like throwing challenges at these men to entertain at herself. That would have been great yeah. as a separate story. But it does feel weird here like it it's like it, it's 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 like each of the challenges he d does is just like this doesn't seem to fit mm -hmm. here who knows especially because as like oh it's also lois's birthday it's lois's birthday and superman hasn't told her he's dying yet but he wants to give her a great birthday and he wants to give himself like this amazing last time with her they're like, this isn't the time for, like, wacky hijinks. This is the time for yeah. serious romance. And I think the animated special did lean on that more heavily. Like, the bond between Lois and Superman and how she feels when he gives her his power set for a day. So I was expecting mm. more of that from this book. And I was a, a little disappointed that it wasn't more romantic. Because <laughs> that's... That's what I would have liked to have seen Superman do most with his last days. Like, yes, he has I mean, to... he did take her to the moon and make out <laughs> with her on the moon. <laughs> and carve I love you into the moon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of romantic. I wish it just would have been... give you the moon, Mary. <laughs> I wish it would have been more intimate, I think. Like, Lois is yeah. on his mind... But I wish he would have spent more time with her. I know he has to go do all these final things, visit the children with cancer one more time. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I wish it would have been a little bit more of just what Clark Kent wants to do in his last days, as opposed to what Superman should do with his last days. There you go. Um, yeah, so... That 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 I think kind of clarifies my thoughts on on the book. Mm. I I really enjoy like it's it's one of those things like after I was done 
reading it and I could kind of think about it and stuff like that, then it was like, okay, now it's starting to make a little more sense. And once it starts to sink in, I'm like, okay, I see why people like this book so much. Um, and yeah, like it, it, it really is one that you just, you kind of need to think about. Whereas yeah. he's like, I mean, especially with that thing with Lois, um, like he's literally dealing with um, like Greek gods and biblical stuff. So it has this mythological aspect to it. And though it's, wait, it's, it's Samson and Atlas, right? Yeah. It's not Hercules. Um, no, it's so, yeah, but yeah, like they're, they're, they're kind of doing these Herculean t- mm-hmm. t- t- tasks. <laughs> that is um, still the adjective. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, I, I think it goes to show just how, like, how much he actually does love Lo- 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 Lois. Like, he, he wants to spend his, like, he wants to make his final m- 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 memories with mm-hmm. her meaningful like he wants Mm -hmm. to show her all of the things that he couldn't show her before so that she is prepared for when he is gone it's like now you know my secret now you know what it's like now now you know all the like feats of strength and all you know that stuff that i can do um and i i I think it's it's him bringing her more into his own world and 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 just being like okay let me actually open up to you and he's like it still seems very rapid and fast paced like it like you said it's not as intimate i think on the surface level because they're they're still doing all of that stuff but that's Mm -hmm. what it's like to be superman yeah like he had he has so much stuff to do that he never gets to just sit and stop Mm -hmm. um I mentioned Grant Morrison's run on Animal Man in in that book. Uh, Animal Man is he was kind of like a D-list superhero around that time, and this was like his first like major b- book. Um, and there's a time where he gets invited to be a part of the Justice League International. Um, and he joins them, and he's out on a rooftop, and he sees Superman, and Superman sees him. So he comes down, and he he stops. He goes, "Hi, you must be Animal Man. I've heard good, you know, good good things. Welcome, you know, to the 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 Justice League." And he's just like, "Wow, thanks. Like I I wasn't expecting to get to meet meet you." Mm-hmm. And Superman goes, "Well." I gotta go. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then he, I, I think he's talking to like Martian Manhunter, and he's like, "Superman's k- kind of a dick, isn't he?" <laughs> it's like, well, he just has a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think inviting Lois into his world is like, hey, welcome to this nonstop crazy train where mm-hmm. i have to arm wrestle people over who gets a date with, with <laughs> you you know like w- welcome to my life <laughs> and he's just i like how he's just like here look at all of my stuff like yeah that's just the cosmic anvil yeah that's like 
Oh, the tiny sun eater that I just have. There's my bizarro oh, by zoo. By the way, he's this hungry. Is... I have to make a new sun. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> God, eat eat the food, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um <laughs> that was good. Score for me. Um but yeah, yeah. So I mean, like he's he's kind of showing her like MTV crib style. Uh, yes. You know, welcome to my my house, uh, man. If they remade this book nowadays with this sarcastic twist, I need an entire MTV cribs that's just superhero and supervillain layers. I need that so much now. DC, hire us. Yes, we have an idea for you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I mean, he is opening up to to her. But I, I I think next is uh, he goes to Lex Luthor, right? Is yes. when that whole thing starts. Mm-hmm. Um, which that one is fascinating because that one, I I mean, I I guess I didn't look visually in, into the whole stuff with Lois mm-hmm. and what was going on there. But this was the first one where visually. It was all about, like, the metaphors there were all visually Mm. um, to the point where Superman is basically being taken down the river Styx to his death. Yes. (laughs) Which they don't mention that. They're not like, welcome to the river Styx or this is the river Styx. But it's, yeah, it like Lex Luthor is breaking out of prison Mm -hmm. and he's being accompanied by clark as he's doing it to the point where he's like well i'm about to do some evil shit so i'm gonna go this way you should probably leave and go that way so you don't get caught up in 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 this and yeah like as he's like pushing superman out on or clark out on this boat uh with this like this like mysterious boat that just happens to be (laughs) sitting there in this like underground river Uh, and this like mysterious fairy p- person, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and he's just sitting in, in this boat, and he's like, Superman's gonna die, and he's like floating down this river, and I'm like, that's supposed to be the river sticks, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like he's li- literally sending Superman off to his death. <laughs> yeah, huh? And what's weird is that like, you—that's kind of cool. You don't see what happens. After that, after that, it goes into, like, some flashbacks. It goes back to Clark as, like, a a teenager or a college student still in Smallville. And, like, I don't, like, how did he get from being in the River Sticks boat to then back to flying around Actually, Metropolis? Like, what's the in-between there? Actually, I don't know if that is a flashback. Mm. Is that when, when he's in the d- 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 diner with them? Yeah. I... Was it time travel? I don't know. I'm I'm wondering if it's it's just like two days later. You know, it's like hey, here's you know some t- t- time after that. You know, he's back in Smallville with his parents because he would go back there fairly often. Okay. But he's with he's with Lana and Jimmy. Is that the the two? Uh, it's Lana and oh Pete. 
Pete. Okay, yeah. I'm not as familiar with Pete, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, so he goes back to Smallville after that. Maybe a flashback? Yeah, I th- maybe not. I think s- I don't know. Th- somebody's talking about him like going to school. Like I think Lana's like, yeah, he wants to go be a journalist and move to Metropolis. Like it sounded like we'd gone into the past, maybe. and this was Superman on the verge of you know going from being Clark Kent to being okay. Superman, hero of Metropolis. I'll I'll go with you on <laughs> that then because I I did not pay close enough attention to be like is this a flashback or not back to lex luther i think he was my favorite part of this book because he is the most bombastic he does nothing but just yell like the most actually i'm gonna beg to differ with you on that let's um we can talk about jimmy olsen later on in this book because jimmy (sighs) what the fuck is he doing in this book (laughs) he is like the wackiest caricature of anyone that i can i can think of but yes lex or is this like i am an evil villain yelling doing this (laughs) you know they will know how grand i am and i have no idea how this fits into other portrayals of Lex Luthor. I don't know how this stands among the rest of them. Just it as an individual characterization was very entertaining to me. And I love that juxtaposed against this more quiet, humble, introspective Superman. You've got the loudest, most in-your-face Lex Luthor. Like, Lex Luthor acts in this book the way I think some people mistake superman for acting like oh he's so boastful and full of himself and he's a god yeah he can do what whatever he wants yeah and like there may be versions of superman that does that but this and most of the ones i've seen are not he's he knows he's a god he never flashes that in really anybody's face he's it's just this quiet knowledge he has within himself and he's just trying to be kind to other people and approach them at their own level like it's Lex Luthor. He's the guy who's like, I could do anything I want. <laughs> and, Basically. And, I I think that scene when Clark first shows up to his cell mm-hmm. and trips on the wire and, like, basically electrocutes himself, mm-hmm. but no one would know because he's Superman, so he, like, yeah. doesn't react. Um yeah, like it's what Luther comments on the irony there, and I think that's like that's a good illustration of who the characters are, especially in relation to one one another. Because Lex Luther, like you said, is this guy who thinks he can do anything, mm-hmm. and when he sees an ant. That is smaller than him, yeah. something that he shouldn't pay any mind to. He pays attention yes. to it, only to point out that he's better and yes. he's bigger, and he, you know, and he, like, he's just gonna belittle you and do anything he can to let you know that he is better. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> Superman, in in this instance, shows up as Clark Kent who is also drawn very differently in mm-hmm. in in this book like he looks 
chubbier. You know, he doesn't look yeah. like he's this big, like, masculine, mus- muscular character. He looks kind of overweight. Um, um, I don't know how you read this or if whatever version of this graphic novel you read included this in the back matter, but there's these little quotes from Grant Morrison about kind of the design of things, and he wanted mm-hmm. this Clark Kent to be portrayed not as some, like, meek, like, shrinking, violet, milk toast guy, but just, like, he's, he's too, too big. Yeah, he is too big to be in the city. He's this giant farm boy who's used to having all yeah. the room in the world to, like, grow, and you put him in the city and he can't help but knock things over. Like, that was the version yeah. of Clark Kent that he wanted. I think that came across yeah. pretty well. Yeah, it, it's it's exactly that. Where he, I mean, he's he he, but even then, it's like in comparison to the way that uh, quietly draws Superman, he he like he's still big, but Superman just looks muscular. Yeah, like it goes yeah. back to, 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 to that he is a god. He is like the perfect specimen. But then when he draws Clark, he like he's it seems like his. <laughs> head is like hunched down he seems more chubby rather than muscular um and yeah so that's how clark shows up to interview lex and the first thing he does is trip on this wire which you kind of know is on purpose to save lex's life and he doesn't He's not the one that comments on like, oh, you could have died, you know, I just saved your life, you know, blah, 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 blah. Lex Luthor is the one that comments and like I said is like, oh, the irony, I'm about to die and you just saved my life and yet I'm still better than you, you know. Another thing Lex does is that he teases Clark Kent about stuff he has no business teasing him about. Like, at one point, he mentions Lois, and he says to Clark, why aren't you blushing? I know you have feelings for her. Like, Lex, this is none of your... Why are you involved with this? It's not like this is a version of a Lex that also is pursuing Lois. It isn't. This is just... He has no reason to pay that much attention to Clark Kent to know who he has a crush on and to carefully watch his face to see if he blushes or not when Lex brings up the name of his crush. Like, he has poured so much attention into this rivalry that is completely one-sided. He's he's just... They've spent so much time together. Yeah. From... Clark and Lois interviewing mm-hmm. him that they 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 have this relationship where he's like, "Come on, dude, I know you like her, and I know you like her. Come on, Lois. Did he blush? Did he blush? Did he blush? No. Okay, come on, uh, I, I, Lois. Did he blush? Did he blush? Did he blush? No. Okay. Uh. I loved it. I I do want more of that. I love that thing where like the villain should not." notice or care that people on the hero team opposing him like each other but he does Mm -hmm. and he's kind of interested in what's going to happen about it like oh you're me lex luther you're me and i think (laughs) while we're still on lex luther my favorite panel in this entire book is towards the end where clark goes to 
see Lex Luthor in jail for the final time, like before he's going to be executed. And Lex is sitting backwards in a chair, reading a book called How to Mix the Perfect Cocktail. And nobody sits backwards on a chair alone. You sit backwards on a chair to make a statement to whoever you are in the room with. And it's not like Clark came up and Lex was sitting and he's like, ah, oh, Superman, time to talk. And then he like flips the chair around and like sits move. backwards. Yeah. Why are you doing a power move in a completely isolated environment? That's just how he was sitting when Clark got there. Though, <laughs> though imagine walking in on someone doing that and yeah. already seeing them yeah. in this power move. He's like, whoa. Okay, this guy, this motherfucker's cool. <laughs> he sits backwards on a chair all the time by default. I just love that Lex is... God, Lex is so on top of his game. He is performing as a supervillain all the He's time. always on. Lex is always on. He's always on. That's for sure. He is turned on so much he has cranked off the knob. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, let, let, him and Lex Luthor always have a interesting relationship. Because, um, like, you, you, we, we do see those bigger bombastic moments, those power moves when mm-hmm. no one is around. Um, and you also get those, I, I think, the, the quieter moments where... Uh, He's. They're on the opposite sides of the mm-hmm. glass, and all all Lex just does is spit on on yeah. on, on the g- g- glass. Just doesn't say a thing, and I think moments like that too just show how much he hates Superman. And just like he's like all of the braggadocio, all of the bravado silenced all he's gonna do is just spit yeah. in your direction <laughs> just like damn mm-hmm. that's that's a good he moment hates him <laughs> uh, yeah so they they have an interesting relationship mm-hmm. what did you think about all the bizarro stuff because that that was uh as one might say pretty bizarre <laughs> yeah yeah this was something else kind of like the uh, encounter with Samson and Atlas. And I know they're kind of there to sort of tell Superman, oh, traveling through time, we've been to the future, we have heard of your passing, you make these feats of strength before you die. Like, they do serve a plot purpose, but that overall story of them of like, we want to date mm-hmm. with Lois, like, feels like it belongs somewhere else entirely. The bizarro yeah. stuff, I felt, was not reflective enough of... Superman's character itself to feel like it was very integral to this overall plot. Like, it's a, it's an interesting story, and it's a sweet story where he meets Zibaro, the one smart Pizarro, who is completely isolated in the universe. Like, there's... Side note, whenever I, I read his name, all I could think of was Sibaro, the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, like, yeah. mall yeah. pizza c- c- company that's always in in the malls i was like oh it's pizza man sabaro <laughs> he's come to bring us garlic knots yeah <laughs> i like it as a story but it 
I feel like it wasn't integrated quite enough into the rest of the stories in this series. I'm actually going to beg to differ mm-hmm. with your opinion on that. Uh, I, I think this is one of the ones that is very, very clear mm-hmm. in, hey, he, this is an aspect of Superman's character uh, that... I mean, just like in, in is an integral part of him. So he's the the whole idea of this like bizarro world is go, go going deeper and deeper into the underworld thing. Mm. I don't remember what they yeah. called it. Um, and basically, he's getting so far away from the yellow sun mm. that he's. He's d- d- dying faster. Okay, is what's okay happening. Yeah. He's losing all of his powers to the p- p- point where he's like he can b- barely crawl. You, you know, he has the 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 ship done, and he's like, I I can't even stand up to make it there. But it's this idea of like, despite him mm-hmm. losing his powers, he's still trying no matter what. He's still. He's still giving it his all. He's still inspiring p- people to to do the right thing. Um, and in this case, he k- kind of tricks them <laughs> into mm. you know uh, into into making this stuff. But it's still it's still this idea of like he he will go to such lengths to inspire people um, to to be their friend mm-hmm. to. Uh, to 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 get the to get the mission d- 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 done, whatever it it may, may be, um, to the point where yeah he's literally dying and crawling on the floor, uh, and he's still just like I need to get back. Yeah. Like, I I need to help Lois, um, and, and I I think I think at at the heart that is kind of who Superman is. Mm-hmm. Even if he's at full strength, um, like I, I think that's a thing. Like a lot of p- p- people do see Superman as this all-powerful, cannot be stopped, mm-hmm. you know, p- p- person. Um, and I, I think if you're writing him like that, you're not doing it c- correctly. I think a lot of the drama and the problems that Superman has actually nothing to do with his powers and it's despite the obstacles he faces and these challenges of like oh maybe it is it isn't something that i can't just punch Mm -hmm. you know he's still he's still trying to inspire people he's still trying to do the right thing which they they um the, the whole thing with uh, J- J- Jonathan Kent mm-hmm. dying, Pa Kent, I think I've always felt the way that he d- d- dies and the way he reacts to his death is the perfect way to do that. Yeah. What happened in the Man of Steel m- 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 movie where there's this hurricane and he's like, oh, no, don't, Please, don't, they're in don't Kansas. Save me. Don't, you it's, know. A, it's a tornado. <laughs> whatever um this natural disaster um but this idea where he just lets his father die despite the powers he 
has doesn't make sense to me at all. That is not Superman. Um, and th- that this idea of where, despite his powers, he wasn't able to save his father because he was out doing something else. That is the tragedy of Superman. Despite his incredible powers, he can't save everyone. You know, he makes a decision to go do one thing, and then someone else on this side d- d- dies. You know, and that's just like shit. That you know, that's <laughs> just that's what he has to d- d- deal with, and that's why I think he tries to k- 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 keep himself so b- 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 busy, is so that he can save as many as he can. Um, but like the whole idea of. Pa Kent just being like, nah, it's good. I'm good. Just, just nah. Yeah. Stay, you know. <laughs> um, th- I, I think what would have been better there is for Superman to use his super speed, go get his father, and come back, but the whiplash is what kills him. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it like he's using his... I mean, th- that still might not be the best solution because mm-hmm. then I'm sh- he he's gonna feel guilty that he killed his father. But uh, j- just this idea of like he's using his powers and despite that he still can't save mm-hmm. someone. That I I think is 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 good. He 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 can't save everyone that way but he still tries and I think that's what the Bizarro story was Mm -hmm. really trying to illustrate it's like against all all odds he'll he'll still you know do do the best yeah the best he he can not to get too off topic into Man of Steel because it's not what we're covering today but (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know a ton about Superman before I saw that movie. Like, I'd seen him in a couple cartoons. I knew the basics of who he was. But, like, the first Superman story I really, like, sat down with was Man of Steel. And it worked for me. Okay. It was a version of Superman that I I recognize as not the Superman to a lot of other people who are more familiar with the character. But it seemed completely believable to me as a newcomer. Like, yes, this seems like a cohesive man that is not disagreeable to the brief versions of him I have seen before. And the death of Jonathan Kent in that movie, I think, is representative of Clark's humility. Like, he he has the powers of a god, but he never for a moment thinks he is omniscient. Like, he knows he doesn't know everything. And, like, his father rushing off to, like, save people as a tornado comes, you're rushing to down the Kansas country road and Clark's like, no dad, I'm going to go get you. And his dad just holds up a hand like, no son, I have done what I've needed to do. Do not put yourself in danger. Just let it happen. It's this moment of Clark, like trusting. Maybe my father knows best. Maybe I don't know what I'm supposed to do right now. Maybe I'm still learning. It's this instance of trust and humility that I think is a big part of the Superman mm-hmm. character as me, a newcomer, understands him. The, yeah, I, I think that is a good point. It's a good aspect. I think more importantly, and I, I think especially in the c- comics, has a much bigger precedent, is that Mon Pa Kent to, 
taught him to never give up and always do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Like, always at least try. And so this this idea of him just sitting back and doing nothing, like, that upsets so many people. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, like, of course he wants to trust his father, you know, to maybe he knows best and I'm still learning, but you also taught me to at least try, you know, and, like, not give up. So the fact that he just sat there and let it happen is like, what? come on you know so uh, it anyways yeah um, but back to bizarro um <laughs> i think the bizarro storyline did relate to a lot of mythology about the character and about the powers that i was not familiar with so i think you were getting extra layers of it that i didn't totally get and i like the bizarros mm-hmm. but i feel like that's such a a weird instance to have a rev- an entire universe an entire race an entire planet of reverse versions of yourself is such a heavy thing to deal with that if you like to include it in a story about the last days of superman you should have like it should be something he really thinks about something he really makes a statement on something that should be really highlighted or i don't know it feels off balance like it feels like if you're going to do this you should do it more than as much as you actually did it interesting like how what do you mean like bizarro is such a strong relationship to superman that it's not something you can include very briefly it's like bizarro is (laughs) like what a mind trip that has to do on you like what like what does that do to a person's mind like it opens up too many like big heavy questions for me for it to be something we're just in for like two out of 12 issues and then we're not there anymore and then he does put Zabaro's poem into his fortress of solitude museum but i feel like that should have had a more follow through it should have had more highlight to it like at towards the end of what his were days some of the big questions you were like this brings up too many big questions for me to dismiss it as the short thing that that (laughs) that happened and then (laughs) like is superman spending his time thinking like oh a part of me may yet live on through the bizarro world but how authentic to me that will that be because it is the reverse of me and is the reverse of me still a representation of me like i think just for me melissa the person like bizarro is a lot to think about i think you're asking the right (laughs) questions Mm -hmm. and i think the answers are already in that story (laughs) um because think about the inner like as i i I don't know if sabaro has appeared in other comics or not Mm -hmm. um but he he shows up and he like when he meets superman he's so excited Mm -hmm. because he's like finally someone that understands me um and for superman sabaro literally is a reflection of him he is the one that doesn't fit he is the last son of krypton well everyone else is just you know they're normal human beings he's he's Mm -hmm. the one that no one will understand 
like he they won't understand what it's like to be him to live like him to have these powers to do all of that stuff and it's so lonely mm-hmm. for for him and sabaro is complaining about it because i think in his case it's more of just like i'm I may not be a genius, but I at least have, like, intelligible thoughts, you know, whereas these guys are dumb as a sack of doornails, <laughs> right? And so, like, I don't have anyone to talk to, whereas Superman can talk to people, but it's, like, there's this, there is still, like, he has his fortress of solitude, Right? Like, he, he is a lonely p- person in the sense that he really doesn't have anyone else to t- talk to, to mm-hmm. know what it's like, which is, I think, why he then, like, uh, opened up to Lois and was like, here, this is what my p- powers are like. This is what my life is like. You can experience this for a day and just, see, you know, see what, what it's like, because he, he is lonely, too. He wants someone else to know what it's like to be him, to be, you know, with all of these people that 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 won't understand him. So I I think I think you're you're asking the right <laughs> qu- questions. Mm-hmm. I think I like I was aware with the basic concept of Bizarro, like it's reverse Superman, but to like sit down and like really read Bizarro, not just see him briefly in a cartoon or hear about him or see him in a joke, but like read a Bizarro story. I'm like, this is, this just has so many mental implications for it. Like, I'm like, oh, I know Bizarro. Whoa, 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 there's a lot to think about with Bizarro. Like, it was just very big <laughs> for me personally. And I'm like, I like this. I wish this had a little bit more breathing room. And to give it more breathing okay. room, I wonder if maybe it should have been a separate story than the rest of the things that were going on in All-Star Superman. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Sounds good. Um, last thing I kind of want to talk about is the two Kryptonians. I don't remember oh. what their names were. Oh, me but, either. Um, but yeah, those guys, the purple ones. I think her name was like Lilo. Yeah, Lilo. And his name was... Lilo and Stitch. Mr. Purple. Something like that. Melissa is looking it up. Yeah, I got my oh, book. She has uh, her physical copyright there. Handy dandy notebook. I, I read this di- digitally, so I don't have it right here in front of me. <laughs> Yeah, just fill time while I find what this guy's name was. Superman. What's your favorite Superman incarnation? If you're on YouTube or uh, wherever, leave a comment. Your favorite Superman incarnation, whether it's the animated series or from a certain comic book or a movie. What do you guys like? Who is Superman? Dum dum. Yeah. Um. Well, while while you're anyway, looking Mr. their Purple. names up, <laughs> Mister Purple was his name. <laughs> well, while while you're looking that stuff up, I'll continue and yeah. I, I will uh get on to what I was going 
to say. So they, yeah. Um, oh, it's Barrel. Barrel. Yep. Barrel. Do a barrel <laughs> roll. Um. So yeah. So I mean, like he literally leaves this bizarro world. Uh, apparently, he was trapped there for two months. Uh, and yeah, like like we mentioned, there's this idea of he's alone. No one else is like him. No one will understand him. And he gets back to Earth. And wh- who happens to be there? Two more Kryptonians. Mm-hmm. And he he's super excited. He's like, "Wow, I'm meeting history." <laughs> um, and as kind of precedent shows. Uh, the Kryptonians weren't necessarily the most, like, kind and caring yeah. people. Um, they, they're they more of like, oh, we can use this civilization to bring about a new Krypton, because we must live for the glory of Krypton, you know? Um, and... Superman kind of figures out very fast that these guys don't have the don't have the best intentions or don't have you know Earth um, at the you know at the center of their heart, um, and he kind of talks with them. I uh, forget exactly what happens, but basically in the long run, he was like, "Well, look, you guys." can't like if this is what you're gonna do you can't stay here because these guys have a different way of life and he kind of shows them that um and then is like well i like obviously i can't send you back to krypton because it got blown the fuck up um but i have the phantom zone where there's a bunch of criminals Mm -hmm. and you guys can do whatever the fuck you want to them (laughs) (laughs) um go establish order there because that would be super helpful mm-hmm. um and yeah like it so he he, he sends them there and there is c- kind of this touching moment where i i guess the the power like which also kind of happens in man of steel where they're starting to get used to the powers and mm-hmm. and it's still like overloading their systems and they kind of go blind and, you know, stuff like that. So they the, the, the moments that he's about to send them into to the Phantom Zone, they're both blind. And he's like, just, you know, just put my hand in, in hers and we'll go together. Um, what did you think of that whole last story or that... that I, I think that was the last, or one of the last yeah. things there. They called Superman a betrayer to Krypton. And I feel like that's something mm-hmm. that Superman has been called before by, like, Zod. That seems like it would come up anytime he does happen to meet some sort of surviving fragment of Kryptonian society that they're like, you don't want to resurrect Krypton? What do you mean? And I think he does exist as a good legacy to Krypton in that he is, he represents the best of it. He is a good example of what Krypton is to new people. He doesn't, Krypton is a godly planet, just like he is a godly figure, Superman is. 
But as I said, mm-hmm. Superman, he's very powerful, but he knows he's an omniscient. Like, he knows he is a god. He does not feel like a god. He has the actions of a god, but he doesn't behave like a god. Something like that. He doesn't act with that much... He doesn't intend to act with that much moral magnitude. He's never like, I know better than everybody here. He doesn't. He's just trying to do the best thing. So to get back to Man of Steel and comparing (laughs) things to that, because the same kind of thing happens Mm -hmm. with that, where Zod comes back. And I guess spoilers for that movie, if you haven't seen it yet, it's an old one. Um, But... Zod is basically trying to terraform Earth into a new Krypton, and which is what exactly Barel and Lilo mm-hmm. are trying to do. Um, and when Zod confronts Superman, Superman, I think, says something along the lines of, Krypton had its chance. And then you mentioned in this book that they call him a betrayer of Krypton. Mm-hmm. I think the discrepancy for me is that in Man of Steel, him saying Krypton had its chance isn't really what Superman actually believes. Mm-hmm. And they give no evidence that he believes anything other than, like, fuck Krypton, <laughs> you know? Um Whereas I think in this comic, because he, uh, he, I mean, he could have said something along the same lines. He's just like, no, no, I, I don't mind you guys bringing back more Krypton, you know, mm-hmm. c- culture and stuff like that. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Is, is basically what he's saying. But he's like, but look, these guys already have their own culture let's not do it at the expense of them like why don't we find like an uninhabited planet that we can live on Mm -hmm. why don't we like hey here's the phantom zone why don't we establish order there because right now it's the wild west and it's just it's basically a prison like why don't we start there Mm -hmm. you know and so i I think I, i think by him kind of sending them to the phantom zone he's not necessarily condemning them um but he he's he's still yeah he he's he's making it so krypton still has a chance somewhere down the road Mm -hmm. which kind of brings me to my next point Mm -hmm. that i kind of want to talk about real fast past yeah. we've already been talking for like an hour <laughs> there is a lot to go 10. over in this book there there is um but superman does that a lot where especially mm-hmm. in this book and uh where he will kind of shove a problem off so that he doesn't have to deal with it mm. and i thought that was both interesting and at the same time kind of evil like mm-hmm. kind of a, j- a jerk like there's the whole bottled city of candor um where yeah like he has this entire city in a bottle because brainiac shrunk it and he can't figure out how to get it back to its own size or what to do with it once mm-hmm. they are back at their own size um and uh there's the bizarro world where he's like look 
when I get back to my Earth, I will absolutely find a way to come back and save you. Um, but what does he do instead? He frames his poetry. <laughs> uh, and then there's this whole thing with the Kryptonians where, like, he's, he's like, look, we can bring back the c- c- culture. That's totally fine. Just not at the expense of Earth. Let's do it somewhere else. I'm going to send you to the Phantom Zone where mm-hmm. I just send all the criminals. And so he's he's just, like, he has this odd way of, like, shoving responsibility off of him. Not necessarily onto someone else, but mm-hmm. just, I'll deal with that later. Yeah. <laughs> and knowing that the bottled city of Kandor has been in his fortress forever, he's just kind of left it there. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I, I don't, I don't really feel like he's done anything about that in hmm. the like seventy-five years that he's been around. <laughs> I don't know how how long Kandor has been sitting there, or how long an actual timeline, you know, that mm-hmm. it's been sitting there. But it, it's like he's just like, I'll get to you guys one day. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I know, think and then goes and does something else. He's slowly working on it. I think maybe he's got this sense of, I could solve this problem by sinking a lot of time into this, and I want to do that, but I think about all of the tiny things I could be doing in that time. Like, I could spend he's a visiting week... visiting children's hospitals. Yeah. He's arm wrestling people <laughs> for dates with Lois. What the fuck is he thinking <laughs> who the fuck quit your stupid arm wrestling <laughs> league and go help candor you idiot like he's, like, he could spend a week working on the problem of candor and get closer but not of a conclusion at the end of the week whereas in that week he could save so many mortal lives there in metropolis and the area around metropolis and i know that's always prioritizing yeah yeah. that's always where his heart is going to draw him first of course he is very concerned and feels responsibility for these big cosmic problems but he's a kansas boy first before he is a star boy in his mind and yes he could he needs to restore this tiny miniature city to its former true glorious life but also that girl's gonna jump off a building i have to stop her like he's gonna he's gonna be pulled towards mortal problems first i think i feel like especially because it was technology that shrunk Mm. candor it's like hey why don't you just like commission lex to (laughs) build something to help them out or Go to Star Labs and have them build something. Go to uh, Project Cadmus and 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 have them, you know, make something. Go to Oliver Queen with all of his money, you know. Mm-hmm. Go to anyone. <laughs> like, there's so I'm sure there's a hero out there who has the same powers as Ant Man. He can shrink <laughs> or get bigger. Like. There's, there has to be someone you can ask instead of just sitting there and locking it away. Like, I don't know. It just, it just seems like, man, he's kind of a jerk. <laughs> like, just trapping them there and not doing anything about it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> if, if I, I, like, I, I feel like if I was living in Candor. 
I feel like I would hate Superman. <laughs> it's like, why the fuck haven't you, like, are we not important enough? Like, yeah, we can kind of get by, but that's, you know, that's not how we want to live. We don't want to be miniature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they proposed the, the thing of like, well, it looks like Superman isn't going to save us. Why don't we just live on Earth super tiny? <laughs> and then he's like, well, that's probably going to be strange, even though it wouldn't be strange because superheroes are everywhere. <laughs> why is that there's aliens that live on <laughs> Like, why is that strange that there's p- p- people this big you know uh <laughs> and so he's like i'm gonna take you guys to mars and just leave you there have fun on mars <laughs> you can hang out with dr manhattan yeah uh i thought it this is something i'm just now thinking about now that i'm finished reading the book there's not really anybody else from the dc universe in this story and as much as i like the the themes of friendship and the bonds he might share with Batman and Wonder Woman, and occasionally that'll get mentioned in this book. I do like how it's inclus- all Superman related. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did kind of like how inclusive it was. Like it's we're just kind of narrowing our focus down. Here's Superman. Here's Lois. Here's Lex Luthor. Here's the Kents. Here's his final feats there within yeah. the realms of Metropolis and Krypton and his home stuff. Like, I feel like as big as this book was, if you had gotten out to, like, the rest of the universe, it would have become unwieldy. <laughs> I, a couple years, I want to say two years mm. ago, I read through a bunch of the Superman co- comics from the 80s, mm-hmm. from after C- Crisis on Infinite Earths to the death of Superman. And at one p- 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 point, yeah, they have a different superman titled book coming out each week so because comics come out once a month but they had four superman titles so they just alternated all of the weeks and so there was a shit ton of superman comics but yeah like one book is more like here he is dealing with the like the daily planet and stuff that happens with there whereas one is okay here's the like bad guys in metropolis and here's him saving metropolis here's one that's a little bit more bombastic and strange like superman fights this guy on a giant calculator you know it's like (laughs) what the hell um and then there is one where it's like, okay, Batman is swinging by. Here comes Wonder Woman. They're dealing with something out in Russia, and you know, um, and so like they each had their own like spin on like Superman at all the different levels, and stuff. <laughs> so uh, they 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 do some in- some interesting stuff with mm-hmm. that. Huh. He's had quite a rich and storied history, and indeed, I was yeah, I was glad I picked this book. This was very different than I thought it was going to be, but in a, in a fun way. It's definitely unique. I've never read anything like this, and as I was reading it, I realized the thing that it reminds me the most of out of all the stuff you and I have covered together. I'm like, you know what? This kind of reminds me of 
is the fearsome morning just in the way that it is written. Not the themes, not the plot, but just the fact that people keep throwing out these insane sentences. Like, okay, that's like I the guess, just like the yeah. weird, weird world building that Fearsome Morning huh. has. This, you know, like when, um, oh, like at one point here, Jimmy Olsen says, I took the precaution of hacking the commercial blimp network in case I needed to impress a girl with an outrageous aerial getaway. That's Bradley Cameron Lind stuff right there. What? Since when does Jimmy Olsen know how to hack the blimp <laughs> network? What the? Yeah, so, yeah, I mentioned this early on. Jimmy Olsen is the most bombastic <laughs> character in this book. What the hell, Grant Morrison? What the hell was going on in Superman comics at the time that this was Jimmy Olsen? <laughs> I read in the back matter of this book that he said he wanted, ridiculous. To, he wanted to take a look at Jimmy Olsen that was not like bumbling, not like some green little boy, just fresh cub reporter, doesn't know what he's doing. He's like, if he's Superman's pal... Let's make him into a man that Superman would enjoy spending time with. So he does kind of also operate on that larger-than-life scale. But not really in a godly way, not in a heroic way. Just like, so Jimmy Olsen weird. is the guy who has done everything once. I don't... Yeah. I I, I, I like the idea of his columns. Just the, the fact that, mm -hmm. hey, he is kind of around superman a lot and so he gets to do all this crazy weird shit you know um mm -hmm. and so he writes these columns which everyone thinks are which well i guess i, I didn't pay enough attention i i don't know if he was p p passing them off on as like hey i actually did this stuff or it's like hey i actually did this stuff but everyone thinks it's fake so I'm going to write this supposedly fictional, you know, columns on, like, I got to be the, the like, time-traveling, rainbow-coat-wearing <laughs> leader of Project. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I loved how... Jacob and his coat of dreams. <laughs> I just loved how amid all of these giant spiritual philosophical almost biblical themes you've just got so much weirdness spread like sprinkled in tiny bits throughout this entire thing like people are casually mentioning all kinds of in this yeah people are casually mentioning all kinds of crazy stuff like oh yeah that's my son eater yeah i hacked into the blimp mainframe once yeah the, <laughs> the blimp mainframe who does just that just stuff like that. And so it reminded me of the fearsome morning and that it's, yeah, we're just going to casually mention all of this bonkers stuff and then just keep on rolling. <laughs> when everything is silly, nothing is silly. It's ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. What was Grant thinking? God damn it, Grant. I don't know what he was thinking, but I'm glad he thought it. I don't it. know. Good book, though. Yeah. I, I, I think it's one. <laughs> if you're starting to read this book and thinking, what the hell is this? Keep going. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll make sense later on uh, once you've read the whole thing and, and uh, 
finished it up. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about with this book? <sighs> I saw you get your notes there and something. So Oh, I'm getting my notes out to write down uh, next week's pitches. I've got... Man, if I keep going any longer, I would need to go for another hour. <laughs> so I'm just going to call it here. It's a, a truly unique book. I've never, I have not read many comics, but I've really never read anything like this. And I'm glad okay. I read it. I don't know if this is a great introduction to Superman, but if you just want something... It's not inter- the best. Yeah, if you just want something wild and entertaining, go for All-Star Superman. <laughs> Yeah, it's I I would say this is more a book for people who are Superman fans already mm-hmm. or are comic book fans to the point where, you know, they 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 know who Superman is and they know his character because I think I I said at the start of this this is very much a love letter to mm-hmm. Superman and uh just what he's like and in fact, I think uh, I think Alan Moore has a Superman mm. story. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. It's not. Is it whatever happens to the Man of Tomorrow? I don't know. I don't remember off mm. the top of my head. Um, I know Alan Moore wrote that one, but I think there is one that it's it's kind of a similar mm-hmm. thing where Superman kind of knows he's. Dying and a whole bunch of his villains come to confront him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I, I know Grant Morrison borrowed from a lot of that. Uh, um, is it for the man who has everything? Possibly. Yeah, because I was looking at, I literally just Googled the best Superman graphic novels last week when I was trying to pick one to pitch to you. Is, and Is that Alan Moore? Yeah. It might be that one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so I, G- Grant M- 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 Morrison is also the type of writer who does a hell of a lot of research and will reference like the smallest things in panels from like the 1940s. Ooh. And it, 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 yeah, there's a lot to unpack in mm-hmm. all of this. Um, I think if you're looking for an introduction to Superman, mm-hmm. uh, Superman American Alien by Max Landis mm. is a fantastic book. Uh, in fact, we did an episode uh, of this a long, long time ago, again, when this podcast was still only called The Whatnots, um, on um, on Superman American a- Alien. It was me and Paul. Um and yeah, it's fantastic. Each issue is kind of another vignette uh, uh, about Superman and takes place at a different time in Superman's oh. life. Um, and it's it's fantastic. If you want a good introduction to who Superman is and kind of what he's like, uh, that is a good book to check out. Uh, that being said... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also an animated movie of this, an animated yeah. adaption yeah. in the uh, J- Justice League animated series style, Tim B- Bruce T- T- Tim mm-hmm. style uh, art, and it's good. I I remember watching that. Uh, I want to say now it was like five or six yeah. years ago. Um, 
but it it was good. I I, I liked it. Um, so go check that out as well. We should have done a compare and contra- contrast <laughs> episode, but I didn't think about that until this morning. So yeah, I should have watched that same last night at least <laughs> to just like have a reference. Like, well, in the movie they do it like this, and it's actually much better. And blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I I think go check it out. This is one that I think is a lot of people's favorite superman stories mm-hmm. uh, i think it's one to have on your bookshelf yeah so go 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 check it out good stuff yeah all right kyle do you have your pitches for next week ready oh boy do i have oh. some pitches yes um let me pull up my notes because i wrote them down okay here's what i'm gonna do I'm going to move this over here real quick and pull up Wikipedia on my laptop for a couple of these. Why? Okay, now my laptop is frozen. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Um, house, um... Bam. Okay, so pitch number one uh, is an anime. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is c- called House of Five Leaves. It is 12 episodes long. That's House of what? Um, House of Five Le- okay. Leaves. House of Five yes, Leaves. So like the, the number five in leaves like on a tree. Okay. Um, and so it follows this samurai or this... Uh, former samurai who was never really good at being a samurai uh, okay and he ends up getting involved with a gang um he's kind of this down on his luck bodyguard or uh samurai who then takes a job as a bodyguard for the yakuza mm-hmm. and he being a samurai, he has a very strict code of c- c- conduct. He wants to do the right thing and all of this stuff, but he's he knows he's working for bad people and stuff like this. So it's c- kind of a slice of life story about this okay. samurai who's struggling to deal with, like, hey, I'm poor and down on my luck, and I I I need something to survive. And here I am t- taking this j- job that I don't really morally agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it once a long time ago. Um, and I remember liking it. But I don't remember much about it. Um, and the art style is very in- interesting, too. So that mm-hmm. is pitch number one. House of Five Leaves. A slice of life about a samurai who starts working for the Yakuza. And doesn't really like it morally. Uh, Pitch number two is a comic book published by Image Comics called Descender. Hmm. Uh, And I want to read the first two volumes of that. I think there's six total, but I want to read the first two. Um, And if I'm not mistaken, it's about uh, this robot who is kind of struggling to survive 
um, in a world where all androids and robots have been outlawed. Um, and so this I, there's kind of this idea of, I guess, racism or hmm. like speciesism and stuff like that. Um, but like a, a sci-fi look at, at all of that. Uh, I believe Descender just wrapped up recently. Um, and Jeff Lemire, who writes the book, uh, announced a sequel for the book called oh. Ascender. So, interesting stuff. It's more of a sci-fi uh, thing. If you remember, we did an episode on Department H. The yeah. art style is kind of like that, where it's a little more watercolory. Huh. Um, so yeah, I've I've heard nothing but great things. I I I I know a lot of people really love this book, and I haven't checked it out, so I am interested in doing that. Uh, third pitch, and my last one. This, if you've been listening to uh, our Captain's Log podcast, you know that I've been watching a bunch of like foreign stuff. Um. I've been. I've. I just got done with uh, a Korean show called Stranger, uh, and it turns out one of the main characters in that uh, is also in Sense Eight, the mm. Netflix original show, which I did not know. And I saw her on a thing. I was like, "Oh, that's the girl from the show that I'm just mm-hmm. watching." Um, anyways, um, because I've been watching all of that, Netflix is now starting to put a bunch more, like, mm-hmm. foreign stuff into its algorithms. Like, hey, you might like this. And there was a Korean movie called Forgotten. Mm-hmm. It's on Netflix uh, in, in America, at least, and I'm sure in South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had an actor in another Netflix original show that I watched, Bad Guys Vile City, which I also highly recommend if you guys like crime show, mm-hmm. shows. Um, but Forgotten is about these two brothers, one of which uh, I think is he suffers from hypersensitivity, and so he's medicated for mm-hmm. stuff like that. I don't know exactly what that entails, um, but he's medicated for that, and one night... Uh, he sees his brother get abducted, mm. uh, and he's gone for 12 days, I believe, is what the mm. thing said. And then all of a sudden, his brother shows back up with no memory of what happened. Um, and so it's kind of this drama slash thriller of like what actually happened what is going on here is this guy really suffering from hypersensitivity like did can he trust what he saw is is this actually what happened you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it looked really interesting uh, it's c- called forgotten okay and it's on netflix it's a korean film so yeah, pitch number one, House of Five Leaves, a 12-episode anime about a samurai who's down on his luck and gets a job with the Yakuza, Descender, volumes one through two, uh, about a robot trying to survive in a world where all androids and robots have been outlawed. Uh, and pitch number three, Forgotten, a 
psychological thriller about a about two brothers, one of which who gets abducted. The other doesn't really know if he can tr- trust what he saw or what he thinks mm-hmm. he saw. There you go. Those are my pitches. Mm-hmm. That's my phone. <laughs> I am the most intrigued by House of Five Leaves. Okay. Yeah, I've never... I think I've... I saw, like, the the last samurai movie once. When I was a little kid, I had, like, a a chapter book about a boy growing up in feudal Japan in samurai times, and I really liked that book. But other than that, I've never really engaged with any samurai media, although I know it's prolific. I've never engaged with any Yakuza media, though I know that's also prolific. And I had no idea those two things intersected with each other in time. I didn't know those were both around at once. It's, I, I, well, it might not be the Yakuza as we know it, Mm -hmm. but it's basically, if I'm, you guys can correct me online, I think the word Yakuza literally is just their version of gangster. Yeah. So it, it's just, like, he starts to work for these criminals. Yeah, and, like, I think of gangsters as being such, like, a a fairly modern thing. Like, that exists from, like, Sherlock Holmes times and on up. And I am intrigued by the idea of historical gangsters from centuries ago. This sounds like a really interesting mix of things and an interesting time period and setting to go visit. So, yeah, I'd like to cover House of Five cool. Leaves. Sounds good. House of Five Leaves. It's an anime. Uh, I don't know exactly where you guys can stream it, but it, it is out there. <laughs> um, it is on the interweb somewhere. I'll find it. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that being said, I'll let you wrap it up. Yeah. Take us home. Yeah. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you for joining the conversation and being part of our deep, in-depth discussion of All-Star Superman that still has many more layers to get through. We've dig, we've dug into the bedrock, but we have not yet reached the core of the earth with this. There's a lot to discuss. Go read it for yourself. Talk to a friend. And if you enjoyed our show, and if you would like to support what we do here at The Whatnots, you can go to patreon.com slash the whatnots and support us for just a dollar. That dollar gets you single er- buck. Yep, that gets you early access to all of our episodes before they're posted anywhere else. You can get early access to us for cheaper than you could buy an issue of the Daily Planet. I'll bet. Mm-hmm. And if if you can't support us on Patreon, that's a okay. There's other stuff you can do. Just listen to us. Just enjoy the show. We appreciate it. We know you're out there. You can tell a Retweet, friend. Retweet. Yes. Like, share, subscribe. That stuff is helpful. You can tell a friend in person or virtually. And you can follow us on social media. We are The Whatnots on Twitter. And our website is thewhatnots.com. It's got lots of neat stuff there. You can go to the live stream page. You can read about us and our shows. It's nifty. Go visit. Speaking of our website and Patreon and stuff like that, I've made it so that uh, when we release an episode early, uh, we are now releasing it on our website. Mm -hmm. And if you are a Patreon sponsor, you can go to the thing and sign into our. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And Kyle, where can they find you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you for joining us all this week uh, here at The Review Show. I've been Melissa Wilkinson. Awesome. Thanks for joining us on The Review Show. Have a great time, guys. Bye. <laughs>